Today's podcast is brought to you by Liquid IV. This is a partnership I'm thrilled to share with you guys. The subject of hydration is a meaningful and important one that I think a lot of people don't have the conversation. It's just simply a fact that you cannot perform at your highest level if you are dehydrated, especially in these crucial summer months of training for cross country being hydrated is a must. Despite the myth floating around, water alone does not keep you hydrated. It's very important to supplement with products like Liquid IV to ensure you're ready to go for training. So why might you ask, should I choose Liquid IV? Well, I have a few facts for you. It has two to three times more hydration than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And it has three times the amount of electrolytes compared to traditional sports drinks, which is just incredible. And then also Liquid IV uses only premium ingredients. Every product is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. One crazy fact that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is that dehydration occurs daily in 75% of people. It's not just runners where dehydration happens. It's in everybody and you need to be hydrated to feel your best and perform your best. And you can start to fix that problem by fueling up with Liquid IV. Don't wait, you can start to run faster and feel better today. So maybe you're not convinced yet. <laughs> you can get 25% off of all products with code the running effect, all caps. In addition to this, we get a small commission from sales using that code. So you are directly contributing to the future of this podcast, which is super exciting. I'm super passionate about this product and hope you will all give it a try and help the podcast in the process. So I hope you all try out Liquid IV. It's definitely helped me in my training and staying hydrated. And even in these podcasts, it's uh, one of my favorite beverages to drink while I uh, ask the questions on the other side of the mic. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Stoke Performance Nut Butter. This is a company that provides a world-class product and owners Wilkerson and James are truly incredible people who have made an even more incredible product. Stoke Performance Nut Butter uses only the cleanest ingredients so you can be performing and feeling your best every single day. Every ingredient in the nut butter has a purpose and reason behind why it's in the product, which personally was super impactful for me because normally when you try out most nut uh, butters or peanut butters and you look at the ingredients there's always one or two sketchy ingredients that makes you scratch your head and wonder man I wish there was a better product out there that only used clean ingredients and Stoke Performance Nut Butter filled that hole and I'm so excited to start using this product. Some key nutrients in Stoke Performance Nut Butter include B vitamins to support energy production and blood health, curcumin to support cardiovascular health, increased brain-derived neurotropic factor and muscle recovery, selenium to support proper thyroid function and energy metabolism, copper and iron to support blood health, zinc to support immune function, magnesium to support muscle function and recovery, and polyphenol phenols to support anti-inflammatory effects again like truly uses the best ingredients and nutrients to make you feel your best self going into your run or workout 
This product is also super delicious and comes in very fun and unique flavors such as cinnamon pecan fuel and dark chocolate hazelnut fuel. When I first started doing research on this product, I was immediately blown away and quite honestly in disbelief that such a high quality product existed. Not only that was super, super healthy and clean, but also one that tasted super, super delicious. So you can get 10% off all products with code the running effect. In addition to this, we get a small commission from sales using that code, so you are directly contributing to the future of this podcast, which is super exciting. I'm super passionate about this product and hope you will all give it a try and help the podcast out in the process. So go on over to stokeperformance.com to check out their amazing and incredible products today and use our code to help support the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic. And before we get into today's inspiring and impactful conversation of the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you guys gave us a five-star review on Spotify. And in addition to doing that, um, like, subscribe, and share with your friends if you enjoy the podcast in general or enjoy today's episode. I would greatly appreciate you guys doing those things so we can uh, reach more people and reach a larger audience audience. Uh, A little preface um, before today's episode, I actually had the flu when I recorded this, um, and I actually don't know if my voice is 100% back as of recording this now, but it certainly wasn't when I recorded with Cole, so I definitely have a sick sound to myself and was a little slow in the head, so the questions weren't as eloquent as they hopefully normally are. So anyways, uh, today's guest on the podcast is Cole Sprout. Cole currently runs for Stanford University and is doing some amazing things both on and off the track. In high school, Cole attended Valor Christian Academy, I believe was the name of it, where he set actually he actually set some national records while he was there and ran some incredible time. So we talk about his beginning in the sport of running, his high school years, and now everything amazing that is going on with Stanford and even touch on the future and of course, go through some fun questions, this or that and rapid fire questions. So I hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Special thanks to Cole for coming on the podcast. I can certainly tell all of you listening to this that it will not be his final time on the show. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Cole Sprout. Cole Sprout, welcome to the Running Effect podcast, flu edition. I currently am recovering from the flu. You are probably in a little bit better of a state. So how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I have to ask, just to kick it off on a fun light note, do you have any fun, like, sick stories uh, from running or just in life in general where you, like, had a big race, but you got sick the night before and you had to run through it or or something like that? Oh, you know, it's funny. You were just talking to me about the first time I went to NXN, and I got, like, super sick, um, like, right when I got there. I just started to feel, you know, like, that tickle in your throat, and then it progressively got worse and worse. And so when I had to actually race the, whatever, three days later, um, yeah, it it went poorly. Um, I mean, I did relatively well, but it just felt awful. Um, it was, I hardly remember that race to be honest, because I was, I was fighting demons, um, (laughs) couldn't breathe, just, you know, coughing up all types of stuff. So yeah, that was a, not a funny sick memory, but you know, one that I'll remember, that's for sure. For sure. 
Another way listeners can get to know you, at least from the beginning of the episode, get to know some of your interests, and then we'll go into some more serious subjects. We play a little game of this or that, just as an icebreaker, so just one word answer. Strength or speed workout? Speed workout. Ice cream or cake? Ooh, ice cream. Uh, Chicken or steak? Chicken. Morning or night person? Uh, morning. Uh, mountains or beach? Mountains. Uh, rain or snow? Ooh, snow. Reading or writing? Reading. Hot or cold? Cold. Uh, jeans or sweatpants? Mm, um, sweatpants. Uh, bagels or toast? Uh, bagels. Tacos or wings? Ooh. Um, I love tacos. Yeah, tacos. And the uh, TV series or movie? TV series. Uh, sweet or sour? Sweet. I guess on the same lines of that, sweet or savory? Oh. Um, savory, probably. Okay, Drake or Kanye? Mmm, Drake. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Pancakes or waffles? There's one right answer. Ooh. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to say pancakes. Ah, I'm a waffles guy personally. Oh, I think I think it's split 50-50. Um, it's it one is, of those, yeah, it's one of those questions both. like, I guess I'll ask you this question. This question's also split 50-50. Chick-fil-A or Chipotle? Yeah. Ooh. I have to say, I have to go Chick Fil A. Nice, there you go. I love it. It's really close though. For I sure. Love them both. I'll be honest. Yeah, and then my last question for you in this segment is: Which would, would you rather eat a green banana or a brown banana? Oh, oh, green banana for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully listeners got to know you a little bit better through your interests, but taking it all the way back to young Cole, can you take us behind your start in the sport of running and additionally what your first impressions of it were? Yeah, for sure. I actually started out mountain bike racing, um, so I've always kind of had an interest and a knack for endurance sports, but um, it was my sister who ran cross country first, so it was about like eighth grade that I started running and yeah I guess because I'd been doing kind of endurance stuff growing up um I just was pretty good pretty quickly um and just kind of liked that purity of running um you know it's just you against you really so yeah I guess I just kept kept showing up and kept getting faster which is yeah really really cool but um yeah that's kind of how I started what do you think makes the sport of running special? Uh, like, I know you transition sports, so, like, what do you think makes the sport mm-hmm. of running uh, special that made you want to switch? Yeah, I, I would say it's that, that purity. You know, it's, I guess it's similar to something like mountain bike racing where it's a pretty individual sport, but, you know, there are a lot of other supporting um, things in mountain biking um, like implements your bike and, um, you know, stuff like that. So with running, it's obviously you would want to have running shoes, but it's, it's much more of a pure form of athletics, I think, you know, 
at a fundamental level, I think most sports come down to something like endurance, speed, um, running, you know? So it's, it's something like that where you can really chart your progression um, that much easier. So in high school, you ended up going to Valor Christian Academy, if I'm not mistaken. And at your time there, you had an amazing coach guide you in high school throughout your four years. So what were the biggest lessons you learned from Coach Greg Copeland during your four years at Valor? Hmm. The biggest thing I think he taught me was to be patient. Um, you know, obviously there's you want to be the best and be doing the most. Um all the time but I think coach Copeland was really good about reining me in a little bit and giving me some broader perspective of you know the sport and my own life in general um, my value as a a person before my value as an athlete um, so you know with that I just took took it things a little slower and a little bit more intentional um, trying to, to save myself for stuff like college where, you know, I could build off of the, the base that um, I was, that Coach Copeland gave me in high school. So at what point in your, like, running career, I guess it could have been in middle school, but particularly high school, at what point did you realize that, like, you could do some amazing things in the sport of running and even potentially have a career beyond high school? Yeah, I... T- I think it was, I mean, qualifying for NXN was definitely one of those moments where, you know, I'd had aspirations of getting to the national stage and being competitive nationally. Um, But yeah, that, and then um, I would say like the Oregon relays meet where I ran the 3K and um, broke Drew Hunter's, you know, class record. I think that was the moment where I, unexpectedly kind of found myself um, better than I thought I was. And um, yeah, just kind of found my passion for really wanting to do this for a long time. So I think maybe a race that a lot of people know you from, at least in high school, is when you ran 840 at Arcadia. Um, So what was that race like to run so, so fast? And also like looking back on it, that was like your final like really, really fast 3200 race because the following spring was shut down by COVID, Mm. which you would not have known in the moment, but I'm sure it makes it a little more special looking back now. Yeah, definitely. That was, yeah, really my last big high school, you know, track race. So, um, yeah, it it was an incredible race. Having guys like Nico in there pushing me through, you know, the entire race um, was really beneficial. Um, I don't think it would have happened um, if, you know, he wasn't on my, my shoulder the entire time. But, um, you know, I hurt. It was, a, it was a tough race, a gritty one, having to lead, uh, not having to, but deciding to lead from the gun and just kind of going for that fast time. Um, you know, that's what I was not necessarily planning to do, but um, was prepared to do if that's kind of how the um, the cards fell. So, um yeah, I went out there for a fast time and thankfully walked away uh, with a, you know, new PR and um, obviously Nico won, but it was, yeah, just a incredible experience. 
I think another popular race of yours in high school was you ran 402 in the mile uh, in the, I think it was called the Quarantine Classico, which seems like forever ago at this point. So one, what was that like event like to be a part of it? And two, uh, what was it like to run so fast, but also miss a barrier that you had been chasing for a while? Yeah, yeah. One of those bittersweet moments for sure. Um, You know, it was just me and... Uh, you know, Matt Strangio and Easton and um, Thomas Boyd and, you know, some of those guys who just kind of got together really wanting to make the most of an otherwise kind of disappointing um, kind of season where we didn't really get to race at all. Um, so, yeah, with that in mind, just trying to run a fast time, we Matt helped us put together a, um, a venue and everything out in California, and, you know, we were able to get some pacers and and run fast and yeah it was i was close you know running 402 um it was kind of a bummer being that close but missing it but um yeah i think being that close just left me all the more hungrier for for that next collegiate season um you know that transition that was coming pretty quickly so as much as i really would have loved to run sub four um it just yeah left me desiring for more um, and excited for for college. So I think your high school class was like the first class that really started to run some incredible times and times that hadn't been run in a while. And now you see in one season, five kids breaking four minutes in the mile. And like every season before this one, up until your class as well, was super fast. So why do you think kids are running so fast these days from your perspective? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick one thing. I think it's a combination of um, several things. Obviously, the the sport, the sophistication around training always progresses. You know, it's a little bit like the trickle-down effect where you have, you know, the pros training at a high level and then the collegiates start doing so and um, the high schoolers start training like that as well. And so I think you begin to see some of that, just more sophisticated training regimen. Um you know, the technology is getting better, you know, with um, spikes letting you recover faster and um, stuff like that. Like it, it, it helps you stay healthy throughout the season um, and consistency is kind of the name of the game in running, um, especially distance running. So, um, yeah, I think that's another factor. But um, I think also like once you see some of those guys begin to do it, um, a little bit like the group effect where you – you begin to see a bunch of them, you know, once that, you know, invisible barrier is kind of surpassed, um, people realize like, Oh, you know, this is possible. Um, so yeah, once one or two and do it, then kind of opens the floodgates a little bit, which is, it's cool to see. Um, distance running has really progressed in a way that's, um, you know, I, I never really would have expected in such a short amount of time. So going back to your coach, uh, Coach Copeland, we talked about him for a brief second. But going back, you said you talked about patience with him. And I think one thing that has been talked about with him is he definitely held you back in high school. And uh, definitely you weren't running as much or as intensely as a lot of kids were. I think Nico, everyone knows, trains very, trained very hard in high school, Newberry Park does. But also many of your other competitors uh, definitely were training at a higher level. So was that frustrating in the moment to see like 
kids train harder than you and you have that as a reason for why you were losing some of these races or were you like assured in the moment that it was going to pay off like it has at Stanford currently? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a relatively impatient person, so it, it is hard to, and I guess it's more the competitiveness of wanting to be, you know, the best and to, to win all the time. But I think, yeah, coach Copeland just gave me the, the perspective to realize like, you know, that, it's it's more than just uh, my four years in high school that um, if I want to really make a a long and successful career to just write it in and know when to really put in the work and when to do certain things. So, yeah, you know, it's a, it was a little frustrating for sure, um, knowing I could be doing more. But at the same time, you know, it's it's encouraging and beneficial to have guys like Nico um, always kind of pulling me along, um, encouraging me to be better. And, you know, that's still the case. So, um, yeah, I think it was overall beneficial. So two more questions on your high school career. One, what does it mean Mm -hmm. to you to look back and see the impact you've had on your program uh, since you left? Yeah, I think when I first got to Valor, it was a relatively small program. So I think just to see how far along they've come and not just in, in numbers, but how they are, how competitive they are at a, at a state and national level. Now it's, it's really cool to see. Um, I think that was always one of the the goals that, um, you know, the program had and, um, you know, while I was there, I didn't have really anyone to, to train with, which, you know, I think, held my own um, kind of personal mental strength. But um, it's cool to see, you know, these guys and girls, the entire team have have each other to train with now because, you know, that's a, it's a special environment to have um, people always kind of keep, keeping you accountable. So, Yeah, for sure. So if you could go back and give your high school self one piece of advice, what would it be? Ooh. That's a good question. I think if I could give myself one piece of advice, um, I think it would just to to learn to lean into the the process. You know, I think um, success came pretty easily, relatively speaking, in high school. Um, I was able to just kind of lean into uh, my talent, my gift, without having to really overcome much adversity, which um, you know, going into college and having a pretty big, big transition. That's, that's one of the things I've, I've learned is to learn to overcome is just to, to be resilient. Um, so yeah, that, that's one thing that I wish I'd been able to, to practice more, um, in high school. So coming out of high school, you were definitely one of the most recruited athletes in your class. So what made Stanford stick out from the other schools that made you want to go there? The biggest thing for me was finding a group of guys that I really meshed with. Uh, like I said, not having really anybody to train with in high school, um, finding, you know, that, that group of guys who shared that same common goal of just wanting to, to run fast and, you know, help each other out, um, was, was something I was looking for. 
And, you know, when I took my visit at Stanford, they, those are the group of guys that um, I just really meshed well with. And, you know, there was a little bit of a coaching change during my recruiting there. Um, but yeah, same with coach Santos. Like he, he just kind of held those same goals in mind um, and same values. So um, yeah, when it came down to it, besides all the um, academic and um, other, I guess, kind of um, pluses of Stanford, like the the coaching staff and um, team were really what kind of motivated me, motiv- motivated me to go there. Mm-hmm. How do you think you've grown as an athlete and person since first stepping onto Stanford's campus? Hmm. Yeah, like I was talking about a little bit earlier, like being resilient. Um, it's it's been a little bit of a uh, a tough transition, just getting used to the volume and intensity of college training. So, um, yeah, that's one thing that I've I've really gotten to get better at and kind of experiences how to how to bounce back. Um, and you know that carries over into pretty much every part of my life how to be resilient. Um, so yeah, that's that's a lesson I've learned um, on the track for sure and off of it um, just in my day to day life because you know running is it is a sport but it it, it permeates into to most of your life. So learning how to to handle that, um, handle the adversity, and how to to balance all the stresses of um, academic, athletic, and personal life is um, been something I've I've been getting better at, and um, yeah, I can thank Stanford for. Yeah, diving into that a little bit more, how do you balance the prestigious academic side of Stanford with the rigorous demands that accompany running Division One running? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a a challenge, um, but at the same time, it's as much of a challenge as you want it to be. Um, I think what's really cool about Stanford is that you can go all in if you want to the academic side and just really <laughs> suffer if you want to, but you don't have to. You know, there's plenty of majors and classes you can take that um, are you know, not as rigorous. So you can focus on your athletic um, career if that's, if that's what you want. Um, You know, I, the academic side was something that I was looking for in a college. So um, I think for me, just having the team has been really beneficial. Um, The older guys have been really good about sharing some wisdom on how to just manage time and um, all of that really well. And, you know, we're all, kind of in it together and we we know what that lifestyle is like so we're constantly just helping each other out um and supporting each other which i think is uh, really special so stanford over the years um way before you and i were born they were a very successful program and they've forever really been considered a very like a consistently top running program uh in the ncaa system so you personally are now on the team and for a few years have gotten to see the success that comes with running for stanford and be a part of that success which is super exciting so i'm curious to hear what do you personally think uh what do you attribute stanford's long-lasting success to Hmm. yeah well 
personally, I think it comes down to the fact that Stanford just values excellence in all arenas of, of life. So when you go to Stanford, you kind of have to have that mindset of not just wanting to excel in athletics, but in academics too, if you so choose. So um, it, it definitely, it brings in a special type of athlete and you know, that was one of the reasons why I, I chose there was, um, you know, the guys I met were willing to, to work hard for wanting to prove that it wasn't just a, you know, a, a smart school. Like we were the real deal when it comes to, to distance running and with the prestigious history that universities had in, in track and cross country, like part of it is trying to live up to that and if not surpass it. So yeah, that's always kind of been framing our goals and our motivations is um, just excellence. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the season. I'll say that. <laughs> for sure. How do you think you guys have built up a strong team culture? And in addition to that, what are some things uh, you think help make up a successful culture for someone listening who wants to improve their own team culture? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good question. And having having that shared goal, that one common goal that you all are striving towards is, I think, ultimately the most important thing. You know, if you're all moving in the, the same direction, um, you're bound to, to work well with each other, um, if not achieve whatever that goal is all the, all the quicker. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... For, for me and the team, it's it's just come down to you know what what do we value, what do we what do we want from this program, and um, obviously it's it's hard to to get that mono focus across a bunch of different people, but um, yeah, it's been special to see you know all of us kind of compromise and work together to try and just realize that one thing we want and and then work for it um and yeah with that there's there's accountability like we're always just reaching out to each other um seeing how we're all doing um how's training going and how's life um so yeah just kind of being together and um just getting to know each other um spending that time together it's important but i think ultimately if you're working hard together for long enough um you'll you'll get close together um, as, you know, me and a lot of the guys in the team have. So, Yeah, I think running is, like, such a special sport with your teammates in the sense that, like, you're both going through the same feelings of everything, the same feelings of doubt, the same feelings of, like, highs of confidence that you're going to achieve a goal, the same feeling of suffering in the middle of a long run. And I think that's, like, what binds people together is the shared sense of, honestly, suffering, maybe for lack of a better word, that you're both going through the same thing together, but you're both helping each other, like, go through it with each other, which I think is super special. So now talking more personally for you, what has it been like to uh, grow as an athlete at Stanford in the sense of like personal accomplishment? So your first year at Stanford cross country to this past track season where now you're like a contender on the big stage, which you probably couldn't have said your mm-hmm. freshman year. Yeah, no, no kidding. I mean, it's, it's a big step up from high school to college. Um, you know, anybody will tell you that, but yeah, I think 
it's it's just a it's been a a process of learning to to love the ups and downs because it when you get thrown in with so many talented people you you have to you have to work past that you have to bring something else to the table you have to work for it um and you know part of that is you know you'll you'll go out and compete and um it doesn't go your way more than um you might like to admit so just being resilient like i've i've said before has been a part of that and um yeah i, I mean as i've progressed these past couple of years um it's yeah it, it's been really special um i've i just had to kind of put my head down in in work and um after kind of a not so great cross country season this this past year um just it makes you really ask yourself like what what are your motivations what are your goals um why do you why do you do the sport and suffer so much um because when it's not working it it is hard to to find that motivation to to get out and um put yourself through the ringer sometimes so um that's another thing that that shared suffering where you know maybe some guys aren't having that same success but they're putting in the same work um you know part of it is is just having that support system the guys that'll um just encourage you if you need it um these guys have been awesome about just making sure i'm doing what i need to be and that i'm um you know i'm encouraged really so that's that's one thing i've i'd love these guys for is when things haven't been going great they've they pulled me along back into where i need to be and now you know me and um you know a lot of the guys on the team are running in the big stage which is really exciting um and you know that's that's part of the the group effect i'd say is you know you have enough of these guys who are nationally competitive um you know charles last year was leagues ahead of me but um just getting to work with him you know day in day out just kind of rubbed off on rub, rubbed off on me i guess so um yeah i'd say that you know it just helped me get to where i needed to be and where i wanted to be what are the biggest lessons you've learned that you think have helped you reach the levels that you've reached in both life and in running Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I'd say the biggest thing that I've I've learned is, I guess, to to let go a little bit um, when you know the sport is is very individual, and I think it's pretty easy to to internalize a lot of what's going around what's going around you um you know how you're performing it's it's easy for that to become your identity so for me i think um with my with my faith being a christian like part of it and most of it is just letting go um just trusting that god has a plan for you know my running career and more generally my life because yeah it's it's not always rainbows and sunshine as, as you know. And so, yeah, a big part of it is, is just kind of taking a step back, uh, which is hard to do, 
you know, sometimes you just want to put your head down and just grind it out. But that isn't always the the most productive and the most beneficial um, move. So, yeah, that's been something mm-hmm. I continue to learn and get better at. Going deeper into the aspect of faith, how has your faith impacted your running career so far? Yeah, I mean, the biggest piece is that I'm not racing for just myself. Um, and it's it's more than just the, the accolades and the success um, with the sport being, having a lot of um, the highs and the lows. It's, you have to be doing it for more than just a medal. Otherwise, it'll be a pretty short time until you quit. Um, because it's it's a gritty sport and it's it's tough. You, in my own experience, um, you know, there's a a lot of times where you put in that work and you just don't um, see quite the result that you're looking for. Um, so when that happens, maybe it's not all the time um, as you would kind of hope. But um, my faith has been pretty instrumental in just allowing me to to take a step back and to um you know make me realize like why i'm why i'm doing this you know it's more more than just um the the success and the progression even it's um you know to to share the gift that god has given me and um to to glorify him through it so That's super awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So going into the future and a few other things, what are some goals you have for the rest of the 2022 uh, year and beyond? They can be either process or outcome goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, process-wise, it's... I think I just want to really lean into the suffering. Um, You know, with a lot of guys around you who, who, who can pull you along, it's it can be easy to, to fall asleep at the wheel. Um, so as I'm getting older and becoming more of a leader on the team, um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm helping the, the younger guys um, in grades below me just to help transition into to college. And um, so we can, you know, be a, a great team um, athletically, but um yeah, just to, to enjoy the process. And um, I say otherwise, like, I mean, there's, as a team, I, I really have high hopes for uh, this upcoming cross season. Um, I'm excited to see, like, where we're all at right now, even though it's, it's still pretty early in our summer. Um, we're all working really hard. And, um, yeah, I think if we can stay healthy and put together the the year I think we can it'll be really special you know um going for that national title um you know it'll be it'll be tough going after some of these schools like NAU OSU and um you know there's plenty of others I could mention but um yeah it'll just be who can who's willing to to work harder I think um so yeah that that's a big goal that um as a team I think we have but Individually, obviously, I want to to help my team as best as I can, and obviously, a first place finish isn't a, a bad way to, <laughs> to score for the team. No, not um, at all. I mean, no, right? So, 
um, I think me and, you know, plenty of guys on the team would love to be um, gearing for that first place finish, um, which I don't think many schools can say. So, yeah, that's really exciting to to be kind of going for that. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, those are just a couple goals that I think the team and I have. How have you kind of built up confidence? It could be throughout your high school career or college career. How have you built up confidence and like confidence in yourself to reach these big goals? In high school, it was national titles. Now in college, you've gotten to the point where it's national titles. So how do you personally build confidence? Because I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with is believing in themselves and believing in themselves to achieve the big goals they've set for themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is something I've struggled with. Um, when the performances aren't really coming in, even though maybe you feel like they should be, it's, it's tough to kind of know like, well, you know, what, what's the point? Like, why am I doing this? Um, you know, am I even good at this sport anymore? I've, I've had thoughts like that and it's, it's kind of hard to kind of motivate yourself to, to just be consistent. But I think it's that consistency just showing up day after day. Um, that'll give you that confidence. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest things that in between this cross and indoor season that I did was just to really go all in, realize, like, look for, um, how I can improve and how I can, um, get back to the form that, um, I knew I was capable of, which, you know, is, is tough to do, but, um, you know, having that, that faith that, it's it's more than just me. Um, it's something that I I feel as though I was meant to do. Um, it's what kind of drove me to to just show up. Um, I think that's that's ultimately what will kind of build and grow that confidence. Um, so yeah, as I'm going into the cross country season, um, having some of those performances are definitely a, a boost to that confidence. But um, I think the ability of me and a lot of my teammates to just show up every day um, are, you know, just as important, if not more. So one question, I know your teammate is going to be running in the 5K at the World Championships tonight in the prelim, so I'm sure that excites yeah. you. But other than that, what excites you most about the sport of running currently? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. Um, I guess... I don't know with with yeah Kai running this evening um one of the things I'm just really excited about is just seeing people I know really well and that I've competed against um at you know the biggest stage of them all you know at the world um world championships uh it's it's pretty pretty special and kind of I don't know it's it's hard to process being at um, the stage where I can be like, oh, you know, that's that's my roommate at the start line of the World Championships for the 5K. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that's it's a little bit of a small thing and a little bit of a kind of abstract thing, but it, it's just kind of a something I've been thinking to myself, like, wow, you know, these are guys that I, I run with um, that I compete against. And, you know, um, it makes me want to work all the harder to, to get to that point where I can – not just be watching them compete, but be competing against them at that big stage. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, one last question before we get into some fun ones to top off the episode. What effect has running had on your life? Hmm. The biggest effect it's had is is discipline. Um, you know, I part of being a distance runner is is that consistency. Um, especially as you move up through high school, college, and um, past that, it's it's all about who's really willing to to work the hardest and to, to work the smartest. And um, just showing up every day, being consistent, is something that I've taken from running, um, that discipline, just being able to really grind. Um, and I've applied to a lot of my other other aspects of my life um, you know, I think that's another thing that, um, you know, is a little bit of like a personality type that attracts people to Stanford is, you know, you can grind day in, day out on the track and on the course, and then you can apply that to academics and to other parts of your life. So I've, yeah, just really learned how to, to be gritty, um, which, yeah, is a valuable tool in all facets of life, I think. Yes, for sure. Most definitely. Cole, this conversation has been a very fun one, but to top off this already amazing conversation, let's go through the rapid fire questions, also known as the going to the well segment. These questions are all from Instagram, uh, many different people and usernames. And because I'm uh, not the best at pronouncing (laughs) names on top of that, I have a sore throat. Uh, I will not say the people's names. I'll just say the question. So Cole, are you ready for some of these questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, first question is, who is your rival? Getting right to it. Oh, wow, who's my rival? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to say, obviously, Nico and I have been racing for, well, since that 842 mile. Um, you know, he's a guy who I always am kind of shooting for, obviously. Um, but even my own teammates, you know, I can't really show up to practice not on my A game because – those guys are the real deal too. Um, so that's, that's something I've, that's pretty special. Um, yeah, my own team and, and Nico, I guess. <laughs> Another question was, what's your favorite part of Stanford? Ooh, favorite part would honestly, I would say the view from the dish. Um, we have like a nine mile run that goes kind of around campus and, um, it's like a little bit of a big climb, but, from the dish that's kind of on top of the hill that's behind Stanford. It's, yeah, beautiful view of campus and the bay. Another question was, what is his favorite song to listen to right now? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I would say it is What a Drag by... Um, here I can... By... Um, oh... Nathaniel Radcliffe. Nice. Who's your, like? Yeah. Who are your like favorite yeah. artists or genres that you listen to most regularly? Yeah, genre. It it, de- it definitely depends on the mood, but um, like that indie folk kind of like um, Mumford and Sons, Lumineers type of type of vibe. I I listen to a lot. Um, but then yeah, I get into some R and B, rap stuff like that. So. 
yeah, favorite artist besides that, I mean, I've been listen, listening to a lot of Baby Keem recently, um, Drake, um, and yeah, I mean, that's here. I'll find one more for you. <laughs> um, and oh, Camp is another one. Yeah, I love Camp. The band is just called Camp? I don't know. If you, like C-A-M-P? It is. It's C-A-A. There's two A's in it. Gotcha. But, Speaking of yeah, that, not to make this a, a music podcast with Cole, although we can do that. Um, on the indie folk side, do you know Briston Maroney at all? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He's like oh, a little bit like my, I don't know. I just think he's super, super talented. I love his stuff. Um, yeah, people like him. Yeah, I like your music taste. Um, this person also yeah, asked favorite you. food to eat before a run. Oh, um... Before a run, I don't, if it's like a big workout or like a long run, I'll usually have something like a bagel or a banana beforehand. Um, yeah, pretty simple. Uh, another person asked, favorite recovery tool? Uh, um, I really like ice bathing, bathing. Um, that's not something I used to do super often, but um, as we kind of get into like later in the season when we're really just trying to be sharp and be recovered, that's something me and some of the guys on the team like to do. Uh, another person asked favorite Gatorade flavor, which being sponsored by liquid IV, I don't, I, we can't talk about Gatorade, but what, what's your favorite flavor? Oh, yeah, I yeah, guess? yeah, yeah, yeah. Flavor. Okay. Favorite flavor in general. Um, I would say, I don't know. Lemon lime's a classic. It's just so refreshing. I don't feel like you can go wrong with that. For sure. So that that's gonna be my answer. I'm yep. not that big of a connoisseur when it comes to Gatorade flavors, though. Yeah, so I don't really drink Gatorade. It might be being sponsored by Liquid IV, but in yeah. terms of Liquid IV, lemon lime, yeah, that's a good flavor. Um, let's yeah. see what other ones do we have. Uh, another one was, uh, what are your tattoo meanings? Oh, that is a good question. Um, well, I have eight. Um, I guess I can go quickly. Like, I have a cross in my thigh. It says, like, God is greater than the highest. That's the OG one, right? Um, that is. That's the first one I got. Um, and then on my knee, I have John 3.30, which is kind of like my life verse. It's, he must become greater, I must become less. Um, so, yeah, always trying to stay humble, which I'm not always good at. Very hard. Um, I have an olive branch on my forearm. Um, I just like the, again, kind of like a biblical meaning to me, but, um, that and the aesthetic I think is cool. Um, I have a sprout next to that. Um, my whole family has them. And then I have a columbine in the back of my arm for Colorado, my home state. Um, a three, I was born on December 3rd and it's just like my lucky number. I have barbed wire on my bicep and that just reminds me of, the trails at home. Um, I live, you know, Colorado's kind of out in the boonies a little bit. So a lot of the trails I run at have barbed wire fences next to them. So that's, that's why. And then I had the creation of light. It's like a hand holding a sun on my shoulder. Nice. Awesome. Okay. Two other quick questions. Uh, what is your ultimate goal in the sport? Wow. I know. He's getting after it. These questions are good. That's, that's a really good question. I mean, that's 
I guess to be kind of succinct in my answer, I would say like to just get as close to my limits as possible. Um, yeah, I think with the sport, it's a lot about personal improvement and progression. And yeah, I, I think I'm just excited to see how far I can take it, you know, whether that's to the Olympics or to whatever, you know, I think it's just more about like the process of just refining the craft and seeing how good I can get. And then the other question was, can he make a YouTube channel question mark? Take Charles's clout, man. (laughs) I know that's the thing. I mean, I don't know if one team can handle two YouTubers. Um, I've thought about it. I don't know if that's like my personality type, but I, I've considered it. So we'll see. Maybe. Sweet. And then I have one personal rapid fire question that I ask every guest yeah. outside of the Instagram questions. Perhaps the biggest question you'll ever be asked, the most important one, certainly. It is, if Gordon Ramsay was coming over for dinner tonight, what would you choose to make for him? Oh, wow. What would I make? You know, I love pesto. Um, and my kind of go-to pre-race meal is pesto pasta. Um, I'm not a chef. I don't know how to cook many things, but that's something I'm pretty confident in. So, yeah, you know, I get some artichoke hearts in there, some grilled chicken. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I won't lie. But, yeah, that would be what I'd have to make for Gordon. Nice. Whip it up. Whip it up for the king. uh, Awesome. Cole, this conversation has been a very fun and inspiring one. Thank you so much for chronicling your career and, uh, yeah, saying some inspirational stuff along the way. I'm sure you helped a bunch of people listening today and also going through some fun questions, whether it's this or that or people's Instagram questions. Uh, I personally can't wait to see all the big things that God has in store for you for your final few years at Stanford. It's crazy to say that. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today, and I can't wait to see the amazing things you do and uh, hopefully get you back on the show after those things. Yeah, man, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Running Effect. If you liked it, I would greatly appreciate it if you share with your friends, subscribe to the show, and give us a five-star review on Spotify. That way, people who haven't discovered the show can discover the show more easily. Another way you can help the show is to support the people who support us. Currently, this podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV and Stoke Performance Nut Butter. I would greatly appreciate it if you guys support those organizations and use our discount code, which is, quote, the running effect in all caps. We get a small commission from all sales using that code, so you are directly contributing to the future of the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram. My username is The Running Effect, and we also have a Strava club, and I believe our username slash club name is called The Running Effect or The Running Effect Podcast. One of those I'm sure will come up. So I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. I hope to catch you all in next week's episode. So until then, happy running. Thank you.